Um, as always, I'm going to bring the word that the Lord gave me uh, for today. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to read it all the way through the way it came to me. And then I'll come back and kind of expound on it. Um, but I want you just to be still and just listen. Uh, you don't even have to put scriptures up. Just listen first. And then we'll go back to it. Okay. All right, well, Father, I pray that uh, everybody will have an ear to hear what it is that you are saying to us, Lord. We thank you for it. I'm entitled this today, Turn. He says, turn to me, look at me. When was the last time you stopped and purposefully looked at me? Today is the day to turn. Turn aside from other voices and faces and events and traumas and dangers and turn to look at me. I am your beloved Lord. Look at me. Child, look at me. Look at me. Listen to my words and give attention to what I'm saying. Turn now. Gaze at and look into my glory. Look, I remove veils now from you so you can see clearly again. I bring renewal. I bring change. I bring life and life more abundantly. But you must turn now and look deeply past the surface and allow your spirit to go beyond the veil, to see into my heart and my eyes for you. Look up, for your redemption draws nigh. Second Chronicles chapter 7. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because of the glory of the Lord that had filled the Lord's house. And when all of the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, Oh, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. And then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 bulls. 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God, and the priests attended to their services. The Levites also with instruments of the music of the Lord, which King David had made to praise the Lord, saying, His mercy endures forever. And whenever David offered praise by their ministry, the priests sounded trumpets opposite them while all of Israel stood. Furthermore, Solomon consecrated the middle of the court that was in front of the house of the Lord. For there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of the peace offerings. And because the bronze altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the fat. At that time, Solomon kept the feast for seven days and all of Israel with him. A very great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt. And on the eighth day, they held a sacred assembly. They observed the dedication of the altar for seven days and the feast for seven days. 
And on the 23rd day of the seventh month, he sent the people away to their tents, joyful and glad of heart for the good that the Lord had done for David, for Solomon, and for his people Israel. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house, and Solomon successfully accomplished all that came into his heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night, and he said to him, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. And when I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or I command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. And now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked, to do according to all that I've commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom, as I coveted it with David your father, saying you shall not fail to have a man as ruler in Israel. But if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot them from my land, which I have given them, and this house, which I have sanctified for my name, and I will cast out of my sight, and I will make it a proverb and a byword among the peoples. But as for this house, which is exalted, Everyone who passes by it will be astonished and say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land and this house? And then they will answer, Because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, and embraced other gods, and worshipped them, and served them. Therefore he has brought all of this calamity on them. That's the conclusion of that passage. Now he says, Do not turn to the left or to the right, follow my voice, stay the course, listen to my heart, listen to the instructions I give my chosen ones. Deuteronomy 5.32, therefore you shall be careful to do as the Lord your God has commanded you, and you shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Jeremiah 38.20, but Jeremiah said, they will not give you over. Please obey the Lord in whatever I'm saying to you, that it may go well with you and you may live. Jeremiah 42, 6, whether it is pleasant or unpleasant, we will listen to the voice of the Lord, our God, to whom we are sending you, so that it may go well with us when we listen to the voice of the Lord, our God. He continues, do not go your own way. Go with me in my way. There are many highways to travel on, and there are many roads that lead this way or that way. But look up into my eyes and my heart to see and know the way in which you should go and walk. 
My way is not complicated, but it is narrow. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Jesus said, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who will go by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. So turn now, turn. Look at me, look at me. What am I doing? What am I doing? Turn and look and see what he is doing. Inquire of his heart. Don't listen to the voices that lead you astray or aside. Turn back to me. Return. Turn and look. James 5, 19 through 20 shows and tells us to turn the sinner back from the error of his ways. Brethren, if anyone among you, among you, wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Turn around and look up. Turn away from foolish things. Turn towards me. Turn to me. Return. Turn your eyes towards Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Look at me. Turn back. Turn around. Turn aside. Hear the voice of God and feel Holy Spirit again. Return to the Lord with all of your hearts. Joel two thirteen. So rend your heart and not your garments, and return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Amen. So it very much speaks for itself, but the heart in this message to his church, to his bride, is that the Father... And the Son, Jesus Christ, a great Holy Spirit, they want our full attention. As parents, sometimes you have to tell your children, look at me, correct? Maybe a few times. Look at me. Sometimes when you've gone through something that's been hard or difficult or shameful or you've been in disobedience, it's hard to lift up your head, correct? And look straight in the eyes to the Lord. And say, Father, forgive me. Because I've sinned, I've displeased you, whatever. Shame is the first thing to come over God's people whenever there's sin. Whenever there's disobedience, correct? And so you would think that God would do something different other than just say, look at me. But as soon as you lift up your head you lift up your face and your countenance and you look at the Lord. You look into his face. You look into his word. You look straight at him. The veil is removed immediately. The sin is removed immediately. And that's because of the glory in the countenance of his face, the love who he is. And how many times it's hard to turn and do that. But it's a call for his bride to turn and gaze back into his face, look into his face, look at his face, turn. Whatever else you've been looking at consistently, you say, no, 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 just look at me. You need to look at me right now. You need to gaze here. I'm going to take you deeper than you've ever been. You hear it? 
It is a repentance. It is a turning. But it is an attitude of our heart that's turning. And it's a consistency. If we just looked at the face of Jesus once a year, what's the point? Right? This should be daily. Everybody say daily. It's a daily walk with the Lord. You're like, well, I don't have visions of Jesus. We walk by faith and not by sight. But sometimes he shows his face to you. And he will always do it through his word. Holy Spirit will reveal another side, another aspect of the Lord's face. Lift up your faces towards us, Lord, and bless us. You understand? God is so amazing, and his call this morning is simply put, turn. So as I go back through, there's a great anointing here. There's a great anointing here to be able to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And this is not just for that heathen sinner that needs to repent and turn to God. This is to his house. This is to his bride. This is to his people. And when we turn, then the world will know. When we turn, the world will know. Turn to me. Hear it. Turn to me. When was the last time you stopped and purposely looked at me? Now, we talk about that. We talk about, well, everybody may have their time with God. You may have your prayer time. You may have time with him. But when was the last time, he asks, when you stopped just intentionally to just look at him and say, all I want to do is look at you right now. I just want to look in your face. Now, God did give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, so we know, that's from Ephesians 1, that I have the Holy Ghost in me that can illuminate my heart when I set my face to seek him. He can open my eyes and my understanding to see God in a whole new way. And we've all grown in this since we've been born again. We're all growing. It will continue to grow until we see him face to face. And then it's going to be like, wow, there you are. Yes? <laughs> How wonderful is that? But it is intentional. This is the cry of his heart. When was the last time you stopped and just purposely looked at him? He's drawing us to this. He said, today is the day to turn. Now, when he tells me today, I take heed. And that's very scriptural. Today. Today. It is all through the word. And you're like, well, that's pretty much every day. Yeah. But there are today. Okay. Renewal is here. And it is a time to look at and gaze upon the Lord. It is a day to turn. It is a day to turn. Turn aside from all the other voices, faces, events, traumas, and dangers. Turn to look at me. That's obvious. Because many are the voices, many are the things that we'll continue to walk through, many things will continue to come. And this is your abiding place. This is hide me in the cleft of the rock, right? This is the safe place. But don't just hide, but go to him and look at him and seek his face. Show me your glory. He said, I am your beloved Lord, so look at me. Now, sometimes you just have to be still there and think on that for a little bit. Don't go in with your requests. Don't go and start decreeing, declaring stuff. Sometimes just sit down, be still, and just say, I just want to see you. Show me your glory. I want to seek your face and look at him. And just be quiet. 
He said, child, and that's a father, look at me. Look at me and listen to my words. He'll always point to his word, yes? Give attention. Give attention. So I can look at it, I can read it, but I have to attend to it. I have to attend to it. Yes, I have to attend to his word. I have to obey his word. I have to follow his word. I need to let it be Lord here. Yes, I have to follow the lordship of Jesus. Turn now and gaze at and into my glory. What does that look like? (laughs) Well, when you look in the face of Christ, there's the glory. Yes. And I know that in the Bible that there were, I think it was Peter, James, and John who got to see the transfigured Christ, correct? And they, boy, did they see him in his glory, the transfiguration, and they all fell on their faces. The apostle John describes that in Revelation 1. He said he fell on his face as a dead man. So be it. So be it. You can't come in there and limit God and tell him how much of his face you want. If he says, turn and look at my face, Your face, O Lord, I will seek. And then you let the countenance of his glory do what he has to do. There's where the anointing is. You don't argue with God of how much you want to see and what you don't want to see. And what you've done in the past or what you don't believe will ever happen. You go intently to look at his face with your heart wide open to just behold him and let him reveal himself to you. That's the cry. You hear it? Look at me and give attention to what I'm saying. Gaze at me and look into my glory. I remove the veils now. From you, so you can see clearly again. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the veil has been removed. It's been torn in two so that we have full access Through the blood of Jesus to God, there is nothing hindering. Nothing. There's nothing in the way. That's the truth. I remove veils now from you so that you can see clearly again. That's that glory to glory. If you've gone through a difficult time or a dry season, or you're worn out and weary and exhausted, or you've backpedaled a bit and kind of fallen from what God has called you to do. This is a call. Remove the veils now. They are removed so you can come and see clearly. I bring renewal. I bring change. I bring life. And I will bring life more abundantly. That's who Jesus is. He'll always do that. Remember, God's kingdom is always one of increase. He cannot decrease. God is always for us. He's always drawing us to himself. He always wants to reveal himself to us. Always. He's never in a bad mood. Sometimes you may not want to talk to some people on the planet, but he's always, always wanting to talk to us. He's always wanting us to stop and look at him and listen to him and let him love us. Always. He is always for us. Amen. You must turn now, look deeply past the surface. Everybody say surface level. Okay, and allow your spirit to go beyond the veil to see into my heart and eyes for you. So now this goes again, but to another. The veil was removed. You're going to have to go deep past the surface. You know how we meet someone at surface level talk? How you doing? Where'd you work? Where'd you go to school? Hey, good to meet you. Where do you live? 
Have a good day. Surface, yes? Hey, God, how you doing? I had an awesome day today. Thank you for my food, my bread, my water. Bless you. Hallelujah. Go beyond surface. Don't hold back. Don't hesitate. Go all the way in as soon as you sit down and set your gaze upon him. Go all the way in. Don't think you have to say that prayer and that prayer to get there, to get there. He says, just come and look at me and go all the way in. Yes, that's truth. And of course, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. Oh, Lord Jesus, come. The passage from 2 Chronicles 7 was very, very powerful. And most people understand the part of 2 Chronicles 7, 14, and we use this so that we can get our way. You know. We pray this prayer because we want what we want. And we don't want to suffer. And we don't want lack. And we don't want harm. We don't want danger. We don't want to be blown up. Whatever. Right? This is why we go here. But if you start at the beginning, <laughs> the whole point was that father was building a house, yes? And his glory was there. And his glory is so tangible and so real. Heaven invaded earth in that little sphere, in that glorious temple that man made <laughs> to hold the God of heaven. <laughs> right? And so when the glory of God came and filled the house, you couldn't enter it because of the cloud. You couldn't even go in because of the presence of God. They couldn't even step in. All the priests who were used to looking at his face, because they're the only ones who could go before God and go with the blood and all that was required to seek his face and pray on behalf of all the people. Yes, and atone. Those priests were called. That was their duty. That was their job. And they could not. Because of the glory. Because his face was in the temple. His glory was in the temple. His presence was in the temple. His, his face was being manifested to his people. And that's all through the Bible. They prayed all those prayers. The high priestly prayer. The one in Numbers. You know? Lift up your face towards us. You know that one? That one. But boy, did he lift up his face. <laughs> and that's the context of this. And they're worshiping and they're dedicating. And, and, and Solomon gives the offerings and the tithes just a ridiculous amount of thousands upon thousands and thousands of thousands of animals that were sacrificed to honor God. Yes? And Jesus... God in this place is wanting to reveal his heart here. And in verse 12, he said, The Lord appeared to Solomon by night. He said, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place for myself. And we have to see this with me. Jesus said, You didn't choose me. I chose you. And I called you to be my disciples. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you. He chose us. He chose us. Isn't that amazing? He has chosen to put his Holy Spirit in our temple. 
And he has chosen for us in our flesh to be able to encounter that glory before we get to heaven. Heaven's a top. You can't beat it. We're looking forward to that. Amen. But right now, while it's called today, this is the call. Turn and look. Gaze and believe. Stay here with me. Look into my face because there's that glory. There's that glory. That's the call. And when he goes on and he says, so in verse 13, because he knows what he has to do with humans. Okay, so he says, when I shut up heaven and there's no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or I send pestilence among my people, my people, my people. That means somewhere they've gone astray in their heart again, correct? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. What's the point? Pray and seek my face. That's that turn. Look at my face. Pray and seek my face. Pray and seek my face. That's where we are. Turn. 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 Right there. And then you'll turn from your wicked ways because whenever you do that, if you're really doing that, repentance is easy. The flesh submits real quick in the fear of the Lord. When you turn and you look into his faith. Turn from their wicked ways and then I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Amen. So now my eyes will be open and my ears are attentive to prayer made in this place. This is the Lord talking. <laughs> he says, turn. And he says, my eyes, the Lord's eyes will be open. And my heart, right? My heart, my eyes will be open. My ears are attentive to all that you say. Ever feel like you're hitting that, what they call it, bronze heaven? Where you're praying and bonk, it ain't going nowhere. You just had a good talk with yourself. But you know when you've passed through. And you know when you've broken through. And you're communing with the Lord. You know it. You know it. You all know it. When it's just ritualistic. Dead. And you know when you're broken through in humility. And the fear of the Lord is there. He's like, my eyes are open. And my ears are hearing everything you say. Every prayer made in this place. And I have chosen, I've sanctified this house. My name is there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Whew, hallelujah. But you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, and that is a seal through Lord Jesus Christ of an eternal covenant. He said he wouldn't leave us, fail us, forsake us. That's a promise. But the warning, if you turn away. So you see, I like the turn from the Father saying, turn and look at me. Right? I like that. He says, but when you turn away. Anybody been in an argument at least once in life? You know, two people are fighting, having a disagreement, and one turns and walks away. That's what it looks like. Not pretty, is it? Not pretty. But if you turn away from me, and you forsake my statutes, my commandments that I've set before you, and you go off and you worship all these other dumb gods, and you worship them, here's where we're going to go. And then I'll uproot your, his people from the land and the house. And it goes on and on, correct? Consequences. Today is a day to turn. 
Don't turn to left or right. How many times, if I were to do word search on that in the Bible, in the Old Testament, how many times he told his people, do not turn to the left, do not turn to the right. But what's his word? Straight away, follow me. Yes? How many times? We like to do a lot in the mountains and trails and hikes and so forth. And if you get off the path, <laughs> you never know where you're going to end up. If you're married to a husband like mine, he's like, oh, I hear a sound of a creek. Let's just bounce over here and get off the trail and go look for it. And I'm the trailblazer. I stick to the path. <laughs> right? But sometimes don't we do that? <laughs> He says, don't turn to the left and don't go to the right. Follow my voice. Follow my voice. Follow my voice, which is his word, right? Stay the course. Like, stay the course, steady. Listen to my heart and listen to the instructions I give my chosen ones. Thank you, Lord. He does not leave us, beloved. He's guiding us into all truth, the scripture says. So you can trust him. You can trust the path that you're on. But he's looking for our full attention as never before. Amen? In Jeremiah 38, 20, Jeremiah said, They will not give you over. Please obey the Lord and what I'm saying to you, that it may go well with you and you may live. Can You can hear the word of God coming through the prophet, saying to the people, Please obey the Lord and what I am saying to you. Because God is speaking through his church, through his people, and through his prophets. Yes? Please obey the Lord. You hear that plead? Please obey the Lord. When you've got kids, please obey me. <laughs> please obey me. <laughs> right? Amen. It will go well with you and you may live. Whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, we will listen to the voice of the Lord our God to whom we are sending you. So that it will go well with us when we listen to the voice of the Lord our God. Jeremiah 42, 6. Whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, we will listen to the voice of the Lord our God. And you've got to be still and look at his face. Turn and look into his face. Go beyond the veil and let him speak to you in that place. He said, do not go your own way. I think scripture says in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. Go with me in my way. So that means, hmm, Lord, I'm going to pray for your will to be done, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me, whatever it is you're calling me to, that's what I want to do. Not my flesh, not what I want to do, or my selfishness, it's what he wants. That's the submission to the Lord, to follow the lamb wherever he goes. Do not go your own way, but go with me in my way. Scripture says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's many highways to travel on. <laughs> and in the spirit realm, there are highways in the spirit. There are highways in the spirit. There are many roads that lead this way or that way. But look up into my eyes and my heart to see and know the way in which you should go. So I think I'm hearing all these scriptures. You know, it's sometimes in our heart there is a way that we think that we should go. Right? There's a way that we think is right, fair, sounds good, sounds like a plan, but is it submitted to God Almighty? Have we stopped and looked at his face and said, is this your plan <laughs> or is this just my way? Is, is, I know I can be zealous for something, but is it, is it my plan or is it yours? That's where we got to go.
You hear it? The way in which you should go and walk. My way is not complicated, but it's very narrow. That was the verse that got me born again. <laughs> Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Enter in by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There's so many who go in by it, and that is truth. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there's only a few who find it. Those are from Jesus. That's from Jesus. <sighs> And it makes you very thankful that you looked at his face and you turned from your wicked ways and chose Jesus. He's the only way, isn't he? It's not Jesus and my way. <laughs> it's Jesus and his way. So he's saying, turn now, turn, look at me, look at me. What am I doing? What am I doing? These are questions for you, and I'll have these notes sent out. Turn and look and see what he's doing. Inquire of his heart. What's in your heart, God? You already know what's in mine. I tell you about it all the time. But would you please tell me what's in your heart? That's intimacy with our head and our bridegroom. Turn and look and see what he is doing. Inquire of his heart. What does he need? What does he want? Where is he going? What impossibility is he about to give to you for you to do, right? Don't listen to the voices that lead you astray. They're always trying to get you off track and on another path. Turn back to me. He says, return, turn, and look. In James 5, 19 through 20, he said this to me, turn the sinner back from the error of his ways. But this is in context of the church. Those who've gone astray. We know that we're supposed to save the lost. Yes, through the grace of God, we go and we give them the gospel. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways. We all started there. But this is to the house of the Lord. If anyone among you, if anyone, church, among you wanders from the truth, somewhere we got off that path. Yes. If anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. James. Straightforward. There you go. Yes? So turn around and look up. Turn away from these foolish things and turn towards me. So, okay, back, 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 back. What foolish things? <laughs> oh, Jesus. What foolish things? Ask him. Not my job to point out. I do my part with God, you do your part with God. Oh, Lord. And if you want to really know what a fool is, go read the book of Proverbs. Plenty of examples, right? But turn away from foolish things and turn towards me. Turn to me. Return. Turn your eyes towards Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Look at me. Can you hear it? Turn back. Turn around. Turn aside. Hear the voice of God and feel Holy Spirit again. How many of you have not felt Holy Spirit in a long time? Don't answer. How many of you have not really felt His presence in a long time? Now is the time. Now is the day to turn. Now is the day to get our gaze fixed and look back into His wonderful face. And Holy Spirit is right there with you, lighting upon you. And then woo, there He is, and you feel Him. It's like something goes beating again in your heart. 
But when our eyes go astray after other lovers and the gods of this world and the lust and the pride of the flesh and the world and the devil, our eyes left them. And Holy Spirit won't work there. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. That's why he called Holy Spirit. Return to the Lord with all your hearts. Our famous Joel's passage. So rend your heart and not your garments. I mean, I know this might have been tradition for them to rip some things in two <laughs> in showing their signs of their lamentation or their woe or their repentance. Thank God we don't do that. We might not have any clothes left. I don't know. But he's after the heart, yes? The whole point is the heart. So rend your heart, not your garments, not just doing more things for God. He wants your heart. Return to the Lord your God because he's gracious and he's merciful. He's slow to anger and is great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. And that's the hour that we're in. And if you have enough courage and strength and love in your heart to go beyond the veil, to just sit down as he's called us and seek his face, that's the invitation. This is what he sung and spoke over the church all night. And so don't say, well, I have no need to turn. Well, you sure do, because that's what you just said. I'm doing great, really. Okay, well, you just told me where you were. So I set my face to seek the Lord. Your face, oh God, I will seek, and I will stop, and I'll gaze there, and I'm going to receive your love, and I'm willing to go beyond that veil into what you're wanting to show me because of the spirit of wisdom and revelation the knowledge of Jesus will enlighten the eyes of my understanding that I would know the love of God and the glory that. Now, if you could put this scripture up for me, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. I'm going to close with this. It's kind of an exhortation and a blessing. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, he says, Finally, all of you be of one mind. We talked about this last, last weekend at the Vision Conference. All of you be of one mind. Have compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing knowing that you were called to this <laughs> and that you may inherit a blessing. We sang all about the blessing of the Lord this morning. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit and let him turn away from evil and do good and let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Amen. So let's stand up and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we honor your word. We honor you, Holy Spirit. We honor the breath that you're breathing today. We honor the message of Father's heart. And we receive it with all of our heart. And we will set ourselves to seek your face, to know you, 
to go beyond the veil with expectancy of great Holy Ghost revealing who you are to us yet again. We know that we go from glory to glory and strength to strength, faith to faith, and we hear the words, turn, and we will look and we will gaze into the face of our God, and we will hear what he would say to us. And yes, Lord, we would choose to be obedient and not go to the left or the right of it, not run and retreat, but follow the voice, follow the way. And Father God, that you would deliver us from evil. We cast down all the arguments and the other voices and the condemnations and the fears and the torments on the outside of this tabernacle. And we just submit ourselves wholly to you in the fear of the Lord. And we honor your renewal and the day to turn. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Well, you're welcome. You can stay in your chair. You can come up. This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.